everyone to another Black Great Connect podcast episode, which by the way is a community that you should be a part of, right? Already, if you're not already. Agreed. Right? And I'm Melissa Latoya, your host, one of your favourite black business hosts. And I'm here today with not only just a community member, but someone that I've known that's been on my network for a little while, isn't it? Just, and I feel like we only met in person this summer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is crazy. Long time coming, but. Which is a long time coming. But welcome everyone. James Pres- uh, Prescott. Prescott. Prescott! <laughs> Why do I get names wrong? Why do I get names wrong? It's, I, all of you are going to be sick of me because I always do this. But Prescott, James Prescott, welcome, welcome. Oh, thanks for having me. Welcome, welcome. So James, by the way, is an author. I'll talk more about this in this book later on. Just found out he's a rapper too. Yeah, got bars he. Got bars. Always. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll keep you like, always, always. We're gonna go into that as well, yeah, because yeah, don't sure. mess around with me and my instrumentals, you know. I've got them on deck. Got them locked, yeah. I've got them on lock, okay. <laughs> um, and copywriter. Mm. And you was recently um, in recruitment. Yeah, well, not as a recruiter. I was a business, business. development manager for a recruitment company. Right, yeah. okay. So you've, you, you've got a very wide range of experience. Is there I anything do. that I'm missing at all? Um, I was also, yeah, business development manager for a company called Fever. Um, What's Fever do? They are an app. They're like um, an experiential like um, marketing slash ticketing app. Um, like pretty much similar to Ticketmaster, Skiddle. Mm. They're like rivals to those, yeah. And they wanted to try and expand into like the music um realm and that's why they brought me on board okay you know, as a salesperson slash musician and it made sense okay all right and are you still there now or are you, you done no no now? no yeah that didn't work out okay <laughs> not talk about it talk about it yeah, redundancy in it like okay i think yeah i was one of the many that got hit by like the you know the wave of tech industry redundancy so yeah. it is what it is okay yeah. okay and now you're here now and recently yeah You've just been hired at ASOS. Yeah. By the way, connection through Black Create Connect. Hey, this is a this is a, this is a nice full circle moment. It works. It works. It's proofs in the pudding right here. Like, you know, got got a job through the event, just through networking, talking to the right people, and making a good impression. Like getting yourself out there in front of people makes all the difference. Um, I want to uh, ask you yeah. actually, because people are probably wondering, how do you go about? I know you said have the right conversation, but how did you navigate that that whole opportunity? Because I can only do like Black Create Connect can only do the connecting part. You yeah. have to do the, the other bit. So you did the other bit, which obviously yeah. landed you a job. So well done, by the way. Thank you very much. So tell us, like, how did that come about? Um, well, they had their like presentations in regards to what um, what departments were hiring them where, and then I saw copywriting on the screen. And my eyes lit up. So I like looked for afterwards. There was like food, and then there were different staff members at their stands, and I went for the marketing bit. And there was quite a big um, queue like, waiting to talk to people. And then, so I was like, damn, I need to make an impression because so many people are coming and going and talking to these people. And I've been to those kind of events before when I'm on like a pan- on like a stand like for my company and to talk to people. To, for, someone to, for you to remember someone, you have to do something. So I was just out like, waiting pretty much for my time. And then I overheard one conversation. And she said, yeah, I head up copywriting. I was like, okay, That's target acquired, target acquired. And then, yeah, finally got to talk to her. And yeah, I just spoke to her on a level. I was just like, you know what? I was like, I'm really impressed with how you're keeping up your energy. I've been on your side before. Just, you know, so exhausting talking to so many people and you still got a smile on your face. It's amazing. So, you know, you're a flatter. You know, that's how you embed yourself. And then she was like, oh, thank you. I know. And then 
we just got talking um, and I spoke a bit about my journey into writing and I've written a book and that I've been a ASOS consumer since, uh, since like I was like 17, 18. I remember like my, when that student loan drops, like my uni wardrobe was like 90% ASOS. ASOS. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was just talking to her about that to being authentic. And then, yes, yeah, also we follow, had a few like mutual um, connections like, of like copywriting influencers. And I was like, yeah, I follow them quite avidly and like reference some of her posts and uh, material. And she was like, yeah, like, that's good. Like, you know your stuff. Amazing. And then from there, she was like, um, yeah, I'll, you know, shout me on LinkedIn and we'll see what we can do. And then I did, followed up. And then they actually um, reopened the role so I could apply. Like, so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's sick. Uh, at first I was like angling for a freelance role because, um, yeah, I've been freelancing. So, but. They just they just wanted a, a, like someone that will take the full time position. I thought it's it's ASOS. Like I'll be silly not to at least exactly. explore the opportunity. Exactly. So I did went through the interview processes and then yeah I got the role and they offered it to me. I accepted. So the rest is history. Clap with me <laughs> wherever you are listening where you're sitting. That's amazing. Well Thanks. done. Like how are you feeling? I feel good. Just optimistic, buzzing. I can't wait to just get started and just yeah. you know expand my experience in my portfolio and actually. Like just yeah, become part of the ASOS team, and do something full time that you love. Exactly, as well, be, yeah. because yeah. you you were doing. You mentioned that you wanted to get into copywriting. I think yeah. when we spoke in the summer social at BRN, that was yeah. like a that man- was like manifestation. My yeah, yeah, yeah. Literally, I think we all went around the tables talking about our goals, and I was like, I want to get into full time writing. I remember that you was, said yeah, that. Yeah. And the thing is, it's a good thing that you do. You, you speak up and you say these things because when something comes to mind, then someone can reference you and say, oh. I know that you are looking to get into this. Exactly. You never know who's there that's willing to help you and will help you if they know what you need. So exactly. Yeah, um, yeah talking about what you want and like manifesting it, it makes all the difference. Exactly. It makes a massive difference. Yeah. And then also you've been a part of Black Crate Connect for, I don't know, however long. Uh, yeah, like so four, about four years. Yeah, yeah from, basically from the beginning. Mm. How are you finding it? For those that don't know what it's like, like here's someone that's a part of the community. So um, it's, um, yeah, I'll happily like plug. Okay, uh, <laughs> you, no, you can say anything else. Like we're here having like, a conversation. No, it's, yeah, it's dead. It's dead. <laughs> <laughs> no, jokes aside, it's a brilliant community. Like everyone has, you know, the common goal of just like creating and seizing opportunities. This is a bunch of black professionals with the, like with goals and objectives, and we're all coming together to try and help each other meet them. So if there's a job in one space or another, there's always someone sharing opportunity mm. in the. Um, in the group chat or asking for advice and there's always someone quickly um, to give it as well mm. so yeah everyone's really just pulling together and working towards the same goal which always helps in terms of our community that's the goal exactly. that is the goal and if we're reaching that like i say as a community we've already won because we're doing that as mm. it speaks so yeah thanks for being a part of it and thank you oh. for contributing towards it and oh my pleasure receiving something as well yeah but anyway we're here to talk about you and your journey let's go so Let's go back. So before we get on to teach a black book, mm-hmm. um, we I like to always understand the start out in life for all of my guests. And mm. your journey might have started from one or from fifteen or from twenty. Where did you, James' journey start? Um, I'll talk about my journey into writing because, like. At first, like when growing up, I was always into football. That was always my thing. Like, you know, I was like good at school. I never really, I wasn't like a proper, like focused student, but I, I was clever in it. So I got by, I didn't really have to try that hard to get mm. decent grades. So I just did that. 
Well, I just, I only cared about football. Jealousy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I won like bare A stars, but like I did enough in it. Like you got I'll get A's, A's and B's, like without much effort. Okay. Like, to be honest, I look back thinking if I just grafted, like I could have proper bossed it, but you know, you, you live and you learn. Mm. Um, but yeah, so I was mainly focused on football. Um, I was like, yeah, playing through college and uni. I was playing for like the uni team and a semi-professional team near, near the uni as well. But then typical cliche, knee injury, like took me out. That's um, what everyone says. Honestly. Could have been a footballer, but I didn't injury. say that. I didn't say that. <laughs> like I would have I'll say I would have played as high as my talents would have allowed, whether that was wherever. That's up to mm. you know the game. But yeah, took me out. But even like just the whole like ambitions of being pro aside, like that was the thing I loved the most. And I couldn't do it. Like, you know, for all my own. And I just had to like reinvent myself almost because I had to like feel that time all the and commitment all the use of football to just broaden my my horizons or just stay like depressed in my room like crying that I can't play football. So, you know, I, I evolved, I started reading more, I started, you know, um focusing on my studies a bit more. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, like I studied like sports science as well in um uni and through Brunei? that um Bruno actually. Oh, you yeah, you interviewed well. Abraham in it. The yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, he, he was like, yeah, yeah, he was the ACS president. And he does writing as well. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. you would have. No. Nah, you didn't connect? Like, no, well, we like, no, if I saw him, I don't know if he remembers me, but if I saw him, I'd say, hey, bro, you remember me? I was in ACS. Um, my closest oh, yeah. girls went to Brunel as well. Oh, right. I might know a few of them as well, potentially. Probably. Um, but even that, like, uni, I didn't get as much of the social side as I would have liked because of my knee injury. Like, first year, I was out and about. But second year, obviously living off campus and my knee injury, like, I was like, I couldn't walk properly for a good four months. I was so, like, so how were you getting around? I wasn't. I was missing. I missed like a month's worth of lectures because I could barely get out of really? around. My, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was bad. It was bad. Um, so yeah. So and um, like, if there was an event on campus, I was like, I'd use like all my strengths to like get to uni and back, and like my knee would be sore. So I'd be like, I just need to get to bed and put ice on this. You know what I mean? So I missed out really? quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was that bad. Yeah. How did it heal? Just time. Yes, yeah, had to time physiotherapy because it weren't only the injury. I think a few months after that. I, got in a, I was in a car crash. I was on oh the passenger side and that made the injury worse, innit? Oh my goodness. So, yeah, yeah, it was yeah. in a car accident. Yeah, it was mad as well. That day was mad. I'm going to be off on a tangent, but it was like New Year's 2012, like the year the world was meant to end and stuff. Yeah. And I was at a New Year's party, like someone tear gassed the place. So I was running out there. Like All my boys like, were like, you know, snot dripping, tears coming down the eyes from the tear gas. And like, my brother met us there and he saw us like all messed up. He was like, what happened here? I was like, bro, we just got tear gas. He was like, all right, I'm, I'm not going in there. Let's go home. Got in the car. On the way to the car, we heard gunshots. Gunshots? Gunshots, yeah. It, it was in like, it was in Greenwich. It's running. It was in it Greenwich. Was, it was in Greenwich. <laughs> it was in Greenwich, yeah. <laughs> what? Uh, yeah, um, I don't think it happens as much anymore. But I remember we heard it. It was like, why, everyone, why is everyone running? Like, it's fireworks. It's New Year's. Then the guy literally ran past us with a gun in his hand. Like we saw it on the side, like he was like a meter away from me with a gun in his hand. What in the Top Boy TV series Literally, is going on? Exactly. What? <laughs> so we were like, okay, let's let them run forward um, with their gun. Let's not mingle with them. And then they went. So he went to the car, driving by, just thinking, talking about how crazy this night's been. And then from nowhere on the motorway, some guy just rear-ended us. Like we like span like 180 degrees and like skidded like 40 meters or something. Just maybe more. Just like. Like with our backs swiveling and it was mad. Like, yeah. What was going on through your mind when, when that was happening? Because that's like a surreal It was surreal. Moment. Oh was my gosh. Like, like, am I going to survive this or not? Honestly, you don't really have time to think. Like, 
it just it was I still I couldn't tell you like oh my goodness. I'm good with words but I couldn't put into words that I was just like I wouldn't say panicked you're just more like what the fuck just happened I'm, I'm allowed to swear it's fine we've had people swear right, just like, <laughs> <laughs> like what the he double snakes yeah what just happened kind of yeah. thing and then obviously my brother like slammed on the brakes and like he kind of got out and just like yeah talking to the guy and somehow he like passed the guy that crashed into us passed his breathalyzer so it's like how the hell did he crash into us? Because it was a clear road. He just rammed into us. Like, I don't know. But yeah, that made my injury a lot worse. So um, yeah, I was like, I couldn't play football for like two years. So, And you couldn't really go out and socialise too? Yeah, yeah. Well. Not, not as much as I'd like. Yeah. So yeah, there was that. So you know, I was left with to my own devices and I was like, yeah, studying a lot. And um, like through my course, I was learning a lot about, even though it's like sports science, you learn about like the cultural history and how it ties into sports. So I was learning a lot about like, you know, like European history and like colonialism in Africa and like, loads of like really interesting topics like communism in cuba and how it all ties oh, into wow. yeah like loads of like really interesting subjects about history and things i really care about and mm. sport so mm. i was in my element so um yeah through that i kind of like i was like look, gaining my world perspective becoming a bit more you know like politically in tuned and understanding like social justice matters and mm. really not only having a passion for it but the knowledge to back it up so any debate with anyone i could like spin circles around them in terms of racism and stuff and even I was like talking more. This really? was yeah, even like online. I'd be on Twitter going on rants about racism and stuff. This was before it was cool, by the way. I was like losing followers and stuff because of it. Like, and then what, what, what things were you kind of addressing with racism? Because there's obviously um, there's was like, it, yeah, go on. Racism in football, um, okay. racism in education, just general, even like police brutality and stuff. Like, you was talking about what yeah, was taking place and being like, yeah, look, this is happening. Yeah, and I'm right, like, okay. I'd be like losing followers about it and stuff. Like, yeah, it was mad. And um, but yeah, from that. Um, even like through my essays and stuff, um, one of my lecturers was like, he was like, not only like, this is not only just like good academically, like you, you write really like entertaining, your style of writing is entertaining. Like I enjoyed reading. Your, your lecturer Yeah, said my lecturer to said that to me. Yeah. Oh, wow. And he even said from that, um, I ended up going to South Africa because of it. Cause he like elected me and someone else from the uni in my class to um, represent Arsenal in South Africa. To, uh, Arsenal? Yeah, Arsenal. Arsenal Football Club. Arsenal Football Club. To do what? To coach out there in the community in like South Africa. That's amazing. Yeah, that was, it was quite quite That's experience. A, how long did you do that for? Um, for like three weeks. It was like a like kind of like a gap year program, but after we graduated. But yeah, it was an, on that in itself was like a game changing experience for me. Like being able to go into another country, not only just be like in a hotel resort, but like just you meet all the locals, rub shoulders with them, and like eat the food they feel, feed their children with, and really immerse myself into a culture mm. and obviously I felt at home there like looking on like billboards and stuff seeing everyone's black and like, having everyone like embrace me as one of them even some of the natives would like come up to me and like talk to me in their native language because they thought I was one of them it was just like I was just like I was just like yes <laughs> <laughs> and then so I felt like yeah a real sense of belonging and sense of community like, I never like that I'd never really felt before outside of like my family really just, yeah like you know in london obviously london's great but it's like it's not community really yeah it's quite it can be a bit fractured as well and just like such a sense of harmony and i just thought i just felt like i know i won't get this kind of feeling again but i want to be able to put myself in another culture yeah yeah and like yeah feel like immersed in it and I, I knew i needed to feel that feeling again like not only um just another culture but something a culture that was like really foreign to me so like not like America or Europe, like somewhere just different. Different, yeah. And that's why when the opportunity to go to China came, I, I took it with open arms. Well, yeah, I'm kind of bouncing around a bit because back to the writing, mm. 
yeah, that kind of in that is when my lecturer said that, um, like my writing style is entertaining, and I, you know, I had all these thoughts and opinions. I went to get out to the world. I started blogging, so I made my blog. I was like releasing like articles here and there, and people really like took about to what? just stuff. I remember my first one was like my thoughts on like the N word and like why like people's opinion on it and whether people should use it or not, and like how on my take on it, and people really liked it. What was your take? My take was like, it's not ideal, but it's like, I feel like there's for one, I think it's like context is everything. Like if you know, like obviously among black people, you know, we have like a common experience. So, you know, if someone calls, you know, my N word, they're not saying it from a place of disrespect. It's more mm. camaraderie. So even if you don't like it, why would you knowing they're not trying to be offended, why would you get up in arms about it? That's my opinion. Mm. Obviously, I don't really use it. But when people do, call you call me my N-word. And so I don't mind. So that's just really? my thing. I don't mind. Okay. Black people, anyway. What if they're not black? Yeah, I'll slap you. Okay. Or at least warn you. And if you do it again, I'll slap you. Right, okay. I've had that before, like where like white people and non-white people, because their other black friends have got too comfortable with that. And they allowed them to say it, they think they can say it around me. And I always, I always say, I always use the same line. I said, I'm sure this isn't the first time you said the N-word around black people. And they always say, yeah. And I was like, I don't like it. So I respect, please don't. And they usually just say, cool. And then we leave it at that. Do you know what? It's interesting because I don't know if you've seen Bel Air. I haven't. Yeah, but have you seen the first scene? I've seen that scene, yeah. With Carton. Yeah. Doing all of that. And, you know, it took me a minute to clock. I was like, why is Will upset again? Mm. And I was like, oh, because that word's in the song. Mm. The thing is, it's a weird one. Without kind of um, derailing a little bit with, mm. with, with that word. Um, and obviously know that no other race should say it. But do you think that by us calling each other that, mm -hmm. it gives permission, not permission, sorry. Permission's the wrong word. It gives, um, yeah, it gives them like an idea to say, okay, well, you, if you call yourself that as a as an up thing, can't I call you? Can't, can't I? Obviously, I know the answer to this, but I'm, yeah. I just want you to kind of say it. I think that people that want to say it, they usually just use it as an excuse. Like, even right. if we didn't say it or amongst ourselves, they'd find another way to try and subtly disrespect us. Because mm. there's also a lot of white people that just respect it and don't want to say it. So, mm -mm -mm. why? It's like the B word, isn't it? Yeah. Like, like when girls call each other, hey, exactly. yeah, that's my B. Um, just like, in general, yeah. like, if you're like in a relationship, like, let's say we were together, like, I can call you babes. That dude can't call you babes. Or like, you know, like, with my, like, yeah, if you're a partner, like, or even with like, your female friends, like your female friends, like one of them might slap you on the bum and like it's playful. But if your male friend did it, because there's a the whole, you know, context. misogyny, patriarchy yeah, yeah. and objectification. It's not okay. It's exactly, because yeah. the context is completely different. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the yeah. same with the N-word. That's, that, that's a good way of looking at it. I'd rather nobody use it at all, to be honest. That's yeah, my, same. Yeah. That's my declaration out there. I'd rather it not be used at all by anybody. But yeah. I understand that, that perspective. Anyway, so the blog. Yeah. Can, so yeah, just like things about that. And I'll just yeah, be sharing my opinions, even like about like religion my thoughts on that and mm. just like and yeah people really like enjoyed reading it and then i ended up writing articles for like the voice the voice newspaper oh that's the jamaican one yeah yeah, yeah. and also like just other like um like platforms and i just continued just like writing my opinions and thoughts and then eventually when i went to china i started blogging for that um the agency that sent me out there just so like reel up a little bit yeah when did you go to china and how did that opportunity come about 2015 2016 that's when i went so i flew out to beijing in like august 2015 and that came about because in 2014 i think i just like 
I was unemployed at the time. I, do, I was doing like some coaching and marketing and then I didn't really like the direction I was going and I felt like the coaching became a bit repetitive and stagnant. So I kind of realised quickly it's not going to be my thing. What do you mean? Um, I think the level I was doing it at, it wasn't that fulfilling for me um, because it was more, I was like working in schools more doing like, like PE sessions and stuff, just like quite repetitive. And it wasn't fulfilling. Yeah, it wasn't. And I thought like in terms of coaching, for me to like, like be like a professional football coach, like coaching for Arsenal or something. I felt like the sacrifices you'd need to make, I didn't love it enough to make those sacrifices, like rainy weekends driving across the country to coach a team for free with the experience. And that's a whole weekend gone. And just like the, I just, and as well, because there's so much problems, issues with racism in coaching, like there's so many professional yeah. football, so many, like let's say like sort of like, like Sol Campbell talks about it all the time, him, one of the best centre-backs England's ever seen. He's, um, you know, part of uh, the invincible Arsenal team, one of the most legendary Premier League teams of all time. Um, England international. Got like, I don't know, crazy amount of caps for England. And yeah, he's a footballing legend and he's struggling to get his foot in the door as like a, a foot, football manager. So if like, I'm thinking, he, like if he is struggling to get his foot in the door well, with that amount of experience and expertise, like what chance do I have? Like why? Like I just didn't, like I said, I didn't love it enough to make that gamble with my life. So I just thought, you know what, let me just change direction. Mm. So I was just like looking for jobs. And I just saw like, I was scrolling through, I saw Teach English in China. I was like, huh, let me see where this is going. And that's what. And you I, didn't speak Mandarin? No, okay. uh, no, they actually encourage you not to because they want the kids to just pick up as much English as possible, whether it's like in a um, professional setting or like casual setting or educational, or just, just like, get used to the hearing and speaking the language so they encouraged us not to speak mandarin that's you know do you know how mad that is yeah because it's like a french teacher coming to teach us french but not them not speaking english them mm. not speaking french we're just gonna be sitting there perplexed yeah so that's <laughs> crazy so well, i was i was in like a foreign language school as well so they had chinese english teachers that got could you. do that too and we kind of supplemented them got you so it made life a lot easier got you okay so china right before i get on to you going there and everything yeah my thoughts behind China is that I would never live there ever because it's just, I don't see it welcoming my religion, my race, me. It's just, no. And then also the difference. I just can't see myself there. Yeah. So where were you from originally again? Um, Jamaica, St. Lucia. Okay. So what made you say yes to China? I know you said you want to immerse yourself in another culture, but Brazil, I'll get it. Yeah. Colombia, I'll get it. Yeah. Um, do you know what? It's just, I saw China and also like my partner at the time, she was also considering like, st like studying in China for a year. Okay. So I just saw it cause I was thinking I'm going to go abroad somewhere. Mm. I thought, why, why not, why not China? China? And like, no one's been China. I, I don't know anyone that's been to China. I thought, let me, let me go there, come back with a story to tell. Cause everyone's going to want to know what happened. And I can tell people from firsthand experience what it was like. Right. So I can tell you hundred percent, like, um, you're going to, you'll, it'll be a mixed bag, like, because China in general, they are, they take pride in their country a lot. Like, they are quite, what's the word, collectivist, what they call it. And um, that means, like, if they leave an impression, they feel like them leaving an impression on you, them leaving an impression, like, on behalf of the whole of China. So they want you to, most of the time, like, if they see you, they want to welcome you and give you the best China experience possible. So I met a lot of people that are really welcome in, like, bought me drinks, took me out and stuff. Oh. Well, the teachers or just people in general? Um, teachers, yeah. Um, and also people would just like approach me and just talk to me. 
on like the it's street. on the street, yeah. And they like take they have like WeChat out there, which is like WhatsApp slash Facebook, but for China and like one app. And yeah, they just like take my WeChat and be like, yeah, let's arrange, let's go for lunch and stuff. Like we can talk. A stranger from the street. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I didn't we, take yeah. up a lot of those offers. Oh, okay. But <laughs> <laughs> no, that was good. <laughs> um, but yeah, that that would happen. So, but there's also the flip side of things where people just you know they'll see you and just be like really starey and pointy and laughy. They'll laugh at yeah, you. Yeah, as you pointing and laughing. Yeah. Laughing or, at what though? Like, 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 do you, like, was it obvious that they were laughing at yeah. your race? The thing or? is, they tried to be subtle, but they were really bad at it. So, did you retaliate to any of them? Um, no. It's like, what can you do? Just being laughed at. Isn't it? Actually, there was one time I was having a really bad day. Like, I remember I was on stress about my visa and my, my visa being renewed. Um, and I was going to get my, going to get to the police station to get like some documents. And for some reason, they were like, the police station was closed for like, like for lunch. Mm. Like you guys are meant to be like the law. Why are you, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but yeah. And then that like, wasn't a police station. <laughs> <laughs> How can a police station be closed That's for lunch? If any crime happens in the next hour. Exactly, yeah, you still be yourself, you know. <laughs> We're hungry, so <laughs> but yeah, go on. But yeah, and uh, I remember I left out, I was like really stressed, uh, like cause there was a lot of things other than the document I need to sort out things because before I was like leaving the country and I'd let when I'd left, it was like sun was beaming. By the time I got to the station, I was locked outside of it, finding out it was closed, and then the rain started pouring down. I got drenched in my t-shirt and shorts, waiting at the bus stop. And then I got into the bus, like just oh soaked, gosh. just sitting there, like, I'm gonna have to come back here now. Like, and I'm soaked. And then this guy was just at the front of the bus, just point like looking back, just pointing, like, ha ha. He kept kept doing it, ha ha. Oh no. That, like, that would have ticked yeah, me off, I'm like, not gonna lie. I, I was I like I had a coin in my pocket, I threw it at him. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is, I'm not gonna lie, you're good because I, if I had anything else, I'd have thrown it because because police are on lunch. What are you gonna it's do? That's a good point. What are you gonna do? Police you know are, what? If that came to mind, I might have done a bit more. <laughs> you threw the coin at him. Yeah, threw the coin. Obviously, like he like flinched and then like he's like, okay, you like turned around. That's what. Yeah, like, yeah, you better turn. Yeah, around, yeah, don't. Got more than a coin to throw. So, in the ratio of your experience there, how often did you experience that? Like 50% of the time, 20% of the time? Depended on where I was. Where I lived in like Chengzhou, which is like, for China, quite a small city. Um, I got it quite a lot. It was like like 65%, I'd say. That's so much to endure. I know. But a lot of the time, I just I just ended up like tuning it out. I'd just be in my own world, just like, and also just things. I'd do things that like I wouldn't really do here. Like I'd just be like, you know, have my music in and I'd just be singing lyrics out loud because I was thinking like, you're gonna look at me anyway. Exactly. So, so let me free. let me be outrageous. Exactly. That's how it kind of how it felt. It was yeah. Like, yeah. I'll give you something to watch, and you're gonna keep looking at me. So I was kind of like it was freeing in a way, but obviously there was just times where, like, it was just annoying. Well, at first it was kind of funny because obviously some of the attention was positive. People just want to take pictures of you or just say hi and say, "Oh, welcome to China" and stuff. But there's also other times where you'd have a stressful day at work, and I'm in the supermarket just trying to pick out some oranges, and I've got someone trying to like sneak photos of me, and it's just like. Come on, bro. Oh, yeah. No. yeah, yeah, it was a lot. Like, like you're an animal in the shopping center. Exactly. Like Honestly, that's there. how it felt. Like, that's uh, crazy. Yeah, yeah. They even got to a point where I started like snatching people's phones and like deleting all the photos they took of me. Just like, really? Yeah, because it's a violation, really. Like, no, that's but that's a good shout though. I had that one time when I was in um San Jose. Yeah. When I lived, well, I went there for a year. There was one time I sit. I remember I was sitting down in the um train and a man was just standing there like taking photos of me. Mm. And I was just like to him, "Can you not take photos of me?" He was like, "I like your lip color." Oh my days! And I'm like, "Can you? That's just weird." Like, yeah. I, and I just thought that was an anomaly situation. Mm. That's crazy that that happens on the side of the world. 
Did you see many other black people when you was out there? Um, more than you'd think. Um, just around, honestly, if just like around the city, you wouldn't see that many. But like you could, you could go like weeks on end without seeing a black person. You know what I mean? But um, lucky I had a um, one of the people that worked in my school also a paid teacher. He was black as well, so we got pretty close. We were like the only ones. Um, also, I met this like Tanzanian student out there who like lived quite close, and he had like like a gang of, like Tanzanian dudes. Like they went to the same uni. I played football with them quite a lot as well. Okay, okay. Yeah. So you had a a little community that you yeah, had yeah, yeah. kind of out there, and I'm guessing they were experiencing similar things, so you could yeah, yeah connect sure. and relate. Yeah. And they were like, they'd react a bit more like Alice than I would. Like, just, some of them were telling me, like, yeah, I've kicked a few people. And I was like, yes. Like, honestly, I was like, living. Really? Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. Cause... See, I'll be too scared to get into a fight with someone. Exactly. Especially because I heard, yeah, out there, because again, they're like quite collectivist. They're all like, you know, all for one. Like, let's say you're in a like club or something, you have like a drunken fight. Like, they will all just jump in. No, no, they won't even jump in. Like, when the police come, they'll all just say, oh, he started it. He's a troublemaker. And you'll get deported. So, yeah. I was, so I was always like, honest, I, was like, I can't start anything. Like, obviously, I didn't start That's it. Community, though. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's true. But yeah, you can't start. You can't really you can't, retaliate. Can't retaliate because you're. you're That's a you. next level of racism. That's yeah. like yeah, it's different. Overt, yeah, macro racism. Yeah, that you've dealt with That's, over there. It's mad though because I never really like feared for my safety or anything. It was just always like emotional, or you know what I mean, which was not pleasant. But at least I knew like I could walk around like at night without like being jumped or anything. But emotionally, how? But emotionally, yeah, it took its toll. Like it was exhausting. I'm not gonna lie to you. Like even I even like my family even noticed that like, when I got back, I was like more like a bit more aggressive than I normally was because I was still like processing it yeah, all. Yeah, and, yeah. They that's... they noticed a change in me. Yeah, I had to really like look within myself, thinking like, I can't start you know taking out on people I care about most because of what I experienced. I need to deal with this myself. So it was it was a lot. And that's why I don't know, I would never go to China. No, that, honestly, yeah, I can tell you firsthand that like, your suspicions are correct. But there are also places like Beijing, Shanghai, they're pretty cool. Like, unless you go into like the tourist attractions, because in there everyone's in tourist mode taking pictures and they see, oh, black person, they'll take one of you two. Like, you know what I mean? I shouldn't laugh. It's because, <laughs> it's because you said that everyone, they're, they're taking pictures for tourist attractions and they're taking pictures of you like you're a tourist attraction. Exactly. It's like you're on like, the what? Great Wall. We're on the Great Wall. Why are you taking pictures of me, me? just chilling? Yeah. It's the, again, though, when you say that, I'm trying to revert to think about experiences where I've had that in Dubai. I've had the most outrageous. Some things I can't even say on camera or on on live that the request that I've had in Dubai. But um, <laughs> but, but I remember being in Dubai and going to the market, and yeah, they were just like picture. Were, this is them. They was like, no, we Campbell, Beyonce. This <laughs> <laughs> they just started saying. I was thinking, you know, we ain't no 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 we Campbell and Beyonce, but you just wanna just. Nicki Minaj, I never forget, Nicki Minaj, Nicki Minaj. And we're just like, okay. <laughs> okay. So, I know. So, But but that was more fun. It wasn't yeah, really yeah. oppressive. So, but with that being said then, talk to us a bit more about, in detail, about your experience and why, how Teacher Black, what it kind of covers and what. Um, yeah. yeah, what it covers is like, like that, like what we talk, spoke about, like the racism, like how it happened, how I reacted to it and like it's, I'm also kind of like my social like analysis of how this may have come to be and what we could potentially do to improve it, stuff like that. Also, just like how it was just being also just at the heart of it, a a teacher that's moved abroad to, to work. How it was as a teacher, like my interactions with the school the teachers, the pupils, 
um also just like life in china like what i did on my, my day to day and you know how i passed the time what i did on the weekends um places i went to visit and how how i enjoyed that and also i speak about like the build up to like me like preparing for going to china and then how i settled back into life in london and you know things how it affected my life back home like you know, strains on friendships while i was um while i was abroad and how you know my like, changes within me and growing as a person how it affected how people treated me and my relationships with people and how i navigated that um i'll go um, into all of that in, in the book so i think even like china aside anyone that's like someone that has is interested in traveling or like on a journey of like self-growth and just trying to um get themselves out of their comfort zone and broaden their horizons i think there's something you can take out of the book what was some of the biggest things you learned about yourself going to china um that i can like i'm very resilient i can deal with anything i thought like i thought like if i can go to china for a year go through what i've gone through survive and i still have like you know my sanity in check um and still you know have my sense of self-worth and confidence and like you know just, just be here mm. I, I can there's not much in the world that i can't really face and come out on top of and also just things like you know things that you you kind of have inhibitions about even things like talking to strangers like mm. like usually like like starting off you kind of have a bit of a like a barrier about it but when you're like you know, when you're lost you know, you know, when you're lost, like you don't know your way home, and you see one person that might speak English and know the place, you're, you're going to talk to that person. Like, oh, how do I get here? Um, you know, just things like that, just things that you may have been scared of in like social situations. They just seem so insignificant when you experience things like on such a broader scale, and, mm. like when the stakes are that much higher. Mm. With your experience as a teacher, there, yeah, talk to us about that. That was a mixed bag. Um, I had some of the most rewarding experiences of my life there, um, especially in the um, the teacher training. I was in Beijing, actually, like learning the you know like how to teach English and like doing the like little the practical for my actual TEFL qualification out there. Um, that was amazing. Um, they were like the most lovely kids. Like they really like came like a small family because we were, like with each other like eight to ten hours a day, like for like ten days. Like, we really became like closely knit and. Um, it was like only it's like heartbreaking leaving them behind like it was like we were so close like so these kids were like crying and like, how old were they they were like 15 16 like when they were, and they didn't speak english before no they did they oh. they were fluent but we okay. were just more you know expanding their vocabularies just getting them more comfortable talking like social situations and teaching them slang words like, i was even playing them grime music you know what i mean like and they're um, liking it yeah yeah they were they were obviously it's quite fast paced but they like they like the vibe um but yeah a lot of it is also just like um, it's not just like the curriculum as a teacher there you have a lot of like creative flexibility as long as you're not trying to indoctrinate them like into like religions and politics and stuff yeah, yeah, yeah. like for starters like I, one of my things because one of the things i got asked while i was out in china like when i tell people i was english they're like english but but you're black they're i got that in america as well, yeah, yeah in america i got that in san jose yeah, yeah. That's, all the time that's mad yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, all they know is mary poppins and like, literally David and the Beckham. queen yeah, and, and the queen tea. yeah so yeah so yeah, I got that. So in my English lessons, I'd incorporate, I show like loads of like, you know, prominent black or you know, non, non-white pe- like British people and be like, all of these people are English. And I just like teach them about the lives of like, you know, Zayn Malik and Raheem Sterling and mm. Stormzy. And I, I'd show them these people just so they had a um, 
so they were familiar that right. there were like you know, non-white people in the UK. And how how did they respond when you started to show them these people that were successful and that were people of color? Like, what was their initial reactions? They were like shocked. Like, really? What? And some of them were because they were like quite young. They were just like, ha ha, they're black kind of thing. Also, you know, really. Yeah. <laughs> They were laughing so at the fact that they were black yeah. and they were doing well. Just the fact that they were black. Oh, black in England, that like that's funny. And even like, I remember That's crazy. Yeah, it was mad. And even like um I remember I taught PE as well and when it was raining I just keep him inside and like show them like football matches. And sometimes when like a black player was on screen, they'll be like, ha like or they'll be like, Oh look, it's teacher James. Like when really? <laughs> yeah. They'll say it's you. Yeah, they'll be like, oh, hello, teacher. Like when like a black player came oh. on, I was like, oh my. Yeah. They're so rude. Honestly. Yeah, it's mad. Oh my gosh. So, and the thing is, I'm now thinking, what's taught in your homes? Like, how do you talk about black people in your home? That's the thing. Like, For you to be like, going, ha-ha, like yeah. as a common thing. Yeah, because while, we while I was actually out there, did you see that um, Chinese advert where there was a black dude, yeah? And he was like, he was wearing a white t-shirt and he had like, his t-shirt was dirty and he had like mud on him and stuff. And then he went to kiss the Chinese girl and then she, the girl like, like was like, Ugh, and then pushed him into a washing machine and put this detergent in it. And the guy came out clean, um, white, white shirt, but he was Chinese. Wow. So the blackness got washed off of him while he was in this. Wow. And that was the advert for the detergent. So yeah, that, that is racist. Yeah, yeah crazy. There's so racist. many racist adverts though. Like when you pay yeah, attention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's loads, but yeah, I remember that one particularly because it came out while I was out there. And oh like, my yeah, gosh! Like so. that went like it's crazy that that went through an ideation. Like all the ideas they had, they said, yeah. "Yep, this is the one." This is, yeah. And then they said, "Oh, let's hire a black actor." The black actor agreed. To do the job, honestly, yeah, like, oh, it's mad. For because I'm, I'm gonna want to know context. If you need me for an advert looking dirty, what is the context? What's gonna happen yeah. afterwards? Yeah, for real, absolutely not. I'm not doing that. Like, so someone agreed, and then the other person agreed as well, and you put it all together, and then the media outlets also agreed. This is a great advert. Let's yeah, put it on put TV. It on, yeah, prime Crazy. time. Yeah. Wow. Sorry, I'm so just shocked. It's, it's true. So to go through all those, loot, it shows how their culture all perceive black people because yeah. they all saw him for it. Yeah. Not only is it okay, but this is a good advert and one of our best ideas. Like it shows how Wow, how, how they view exactly. they view black people. Yeah, yeah. Because even uh, one thing as well, one of the kids I remember I was teaching and I had like my hand on the desk and like one of the kids like um wiped his finger on my skin to see if like the black will come off. Like, for those was, listening, I'm just in shock. They did what? They he, the kid he rubbed his hand on my his finger on my hand and I looked at it to see if any of the black has come off to his finger and like then he was like Ugh. he like wiped the finger off even though nothing obviously came off he like wiped fingers like Ugh. like that that what did me. you say i didn't say anything i was shocked see i would have to talk to him like, what do you say he's like six i'd have to talk to him i would have to talk to him yeah. like there's no way I, I i couldn't i could have that happen and not say i'd yeah. be like yeah. why did you do that let's talk about why yeah, you yeah, did yeah. that what do you think would ha would happen we are different like i would have to talk about it because what yeah that's crazy yeah, yeah, yeah that's crazy what are the parents saying no sorry rest of the world do better <laughs> do better Honest, that's really it like that's really it this is ridiculous yeah okay so we kind of get an idea of how yeah. china was for a black person fun memories best places you've been to any great experiences in china when you were there nope no i'm joking <laughs> 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 I was about, okay <laughs> moving on um 
No, some great memories. Like, you know, I discovered my love for karaoke. Um, they've got like a chain called like KTV out there. That was like the best night out. Like you like rent your room and like, yeah, loads of like screens, like karaoke mics and that went with like loads of like Chinese people and like just like, you know, expat friends as well. That was their time to laugh, boy. Yeah. The honest, yeah. <laughs> Unapologetically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm. yeah, also, um, what else? Um, I, yeah. The team I coached, because um, I was also assistant manager for the football team in my mm, school, in the mm. school I was teaching. Um, there was one game where like we won like 8-1. That was a pretty good high. Okay. And then I seen like, the training paying off, like the early mornings, because they had me up at like three days a week, up at like training starting at 6.30 a.m. So you did that on top of the t- English teacher? Yeah. Did you get paid for that extra? It came as it came on under like my, one of my lessons. I had like 20 lessons a week. That was just one of the lessons. So, oh, yeah. I see, I see. Okay. So that was good. Yeah, yeah. Also, um, what else? Yeah, quite some really good nights out. Like, um, for one, like, one of the teachers brought out me and, like, the other black teacher, Anthony, and we went um, out with, like, one of the teacher's um, husbands, and he had, like, a really big business deal or something. They were celebrating. They had, like, amazing food, um, had loads of drinks. So I went through sort of white wine, and uh, not white, what, rice wine. Rice wine. Rice. Rice I was about to say, white wine's been around. That's what I was thinking. Where have you been? Um, <laughs> rice wine. Yeah, yeah. What, what's that? Um, rice wine. It's just wine. nice. Yeah, it's just nice. Um, and we was like down in that because we taught them the phrase bottoms up, which was a big mistake. It was like every five seconds, they was like, oh, bottoms up, bottoms up. <laughs> so we were down in loads of drinks. Like both of us were like wrecked the day after. They both like ended up throwing up when we got home. We were like, we slept for a good like 20 hours or something. It was ridiculous. We were finished. And I've got, yeah, and I had a, he had a high tolerance as well. Um, also, just times we, um, well, it's just like, yeah, it's had some just great time just teaching the kids, like really connected with them, just seeing them just improve. Because I taught English and PE, so like seeing them, their languages improve as well as like some of the kids' like physical capabilities, like their coordination coming along, their football skills coming along. It was like really rewarding to see. Um, like just some of the tourist attractions, like going to like Nanjing um, was amazing. Um, that's that was actually the old capital of China before Beijing, um, and just yeah, seeing some of the sites. It's a really beautiful country. Like, what's beautiful about it? Just the natural beauty and right. just the architecture as well. Um, also, um, when I was in Beijing, we went at the time um, where there was like an anniversary celebrating the war. So because of that, they wanted because there's going to be loads of pictures. They wanted this um, skies to be clear and not polluted. So they regulated how many cars could drive each day. I think like Mondays and Wednesdays it was like, you know, number plates with even numbers at the end could drive and Tuesdays, Thursdays, something, number plates with odd numbers could drive. They had some system like that, which worked because the sky has cleared up. So being like on the Great Wall of China, just seeing the whole city, like with the clear skies and knowing that not many people would have had the opportunity because of the pollution. Like it was a, a rare moment where you could just see how beautiful the world was. It's just, yeah, really breathtaking. That's amazing. I would love to visit China though, because I have heard that it's nice to visit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, just brace yourself for like when you're at tourist attractions, like the amount of attention you'll get. But besides that, that's the thing. In small doses, like, because it's funny, because I went to Beijing twice. Once at the beginning of my tenure, once at the end. Mm. And like at the beginning, I just found it funny. I was posing with the photos, like people like handing me their babies and putting their wives under my arms and just like handing you their babies. Handing me their babies, yeah. What is going on? Exactly. You wouldn't even hand to be honest, even if I saw Beyonce, I wouldn't I would not hand her my baby to hold. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. And it's weird that 
what they think of black people as well. You can. You're, but if you really think exactly, I'm that dangerous, like, why like are you giving some, me a baby? Like King Kong or something. Yeah. You wouldn't give me your baby. It was just mad. So yeah, that. And you held the baby. Fun. Yeah, I held the baby. Yeah. <laughs> you took it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that was like fun at the beginning, but after like having the whole year's experience and being a bit exhausted by it all, I was like at those same tourist attractions and like people would be taking pictures. I was like, no. Yeah. And I like, snatched nah. the phone. But to be fair, like once like the crowd saw me like snatch one person's phone, like everyone was like, okay, we don't want this. <laughs> put their phones away. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I only had to do like a few like in those times, do it to a few people, and everyone kind of get the message. That's so tiring though. Yeah. Like yeah, to leave yeah, yeah. to leave your house and have to be like, I might have to snatch your phone today. Exactly. To, yeah, to you have to, yeah, you have to. It's a completely different mindset. Not for and me. Yeah, it took, it took me a while to yeah. get used to not having to leave the house with that mindset. You know what I mean? So. In, so in that case, I kind of feel privileged with us being in the UK because even though the UK is definitely systemat- systematically racist mm-hmm. and um, it displays a lot of micro-racism, and sometimes macro, it's not that bad. Yeah, it's not in as comparison. in your face. Yeah, because UK, UK have like mastered off subtle racism. So. Oh, it's so subtle. Mm. Like they're, especially in hiring, we're, we're going to get to that as well, especially in the hiring processes. Exactly. They're subtle. Like the amount of black candidates that will tell me for companies I'd have to go through certain processes or protocols that I know the protocols for those companies and they've given them an extra hurdle. I'm like, that's racist because yeah. you've only given it to that candidate because you don't, because tr- you don't trust them because mm. they're black. That's, that's what it is. But anyway, so this is the book, by the way, everyone, it is called Teacher Black, My Year in China. And I like the artwork as well. It actually looks like you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who, who's done this um, for you? Uh, Jisoo Pang, very talented um, uh, designer and creative. This is a good book. Like the way it looks, it looks proper. Obviously, it looks professional, <laughs> but it looks like a good book. What are you expecting? I don't know. I've been given <laughs> like, different torn up books. Pages. Do you know what? I ordered. I don't think I've got it anymore. But I ordered them um, Will Smith's book. I've got the real one now, but yeah. I ordered it from Amazon and I got a fake one. Oh, like, it, was, it was like a booklet, and it had like a like a printer copy. Of Will's black and white copy of Will Smith. It was oh, terrible. But this looks really good. Yeah. Oh, and it's perfect for people like me with dyslexia because it's gaps. Yeah, yeah. The gaps. How to get that edited properly? Did you um? Why did you choose to do it like this? It's it's fantastic that you did because I can read it properly now. Um, I spoke to some self-published authors and they just gave me some pointers on how to make it a more comfortable read, and I listened. In terms of like font spacing or all, all that jazz, this I, is really I just good. Listened, yeah. And you have here, I'll just open up a random page, Real Friends. How many of us, how many of us, how many jealous, Real Friends, that's not many of us, smile at each other, but how many honest? What does that mean? It's from Kanye West, but what does that mean? Yeah, um, it came from a time in my life where there was a bit of friction in my, in my friendship group. And mm. um, it was brewing for a bit, but it started to show a lot when I started telling my friends that I was going to China for a year. Yeah. Um, and also, because I was like, yeah, um, my relationship with my partner was quite, was fairly new at the time as well. And we were going together. They kind of felt like I was growing as a person as well. Like, you know, like I said, like I was still going through the transformation, becoming like a bit less of an athlete, a bit more of a creative. My mind was opening mm. up to more things. So, you know, a lot of things that I may have been interested in at the time and didn't really take, I wasn't really as interested in. And, you know, a lot of jokes I may have laughed at. I may have think, you know, that's a bit of inappropriate. It's not mm. funny anymore. And I'd like pull people up and stuff. And, like people they kind of saw it as like i was changing and she was changing me and well she did contribute to my growth i'll give her that but Mm. all the changes were for the better and Mm. you know some people in my friendship group were like were supportive of me 
others weren't so supportive. They'd all say, you know, oh, um, China so far, like, what would you do if what are you can do if you broke up in China or you know what if something goes wrong like and I was be like listen like we're gonna live in different cities like we're gonna have our lives without each other so if we break up you know we'll suck but life goes on I'll be alright and they were just kind of like just trying to say things to like put me off and just weren't really showing much support and I was thinking you're meant to be my closest friends this is like the biggest decision I made in my life and support me even if in life I, I've learnt that your friends are gonna make some very silly decisions mm-hmm. in your perspective yeah. And sometimes you have to let them make it. Exactly. You have to let. You have to be like. Do you know what? I love you. I've given you my perspective, mm. but I support your decision. Yeah, exactly. Just you know, let them go down that road themselves and see for themselves. And if it's a mistake, if they come back hurt, you hug them. There we go. That That's simple. what friendship is. It's that simple. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I think and with that, um, once um, I just felt yeah, like, like when we'd be chilling or even in like the WhatsApp group chat, like I just felt like there was just more animosity towards me than anyone. Because obviously there's banter in group chats. Well, a lot, there was, I felt like there was a disproportionate amount aimed at me or my girl. And I was just kind of like, it caused it's like it's, friction. Yeah, and, I kinda, okay. and I call people out on it. And like, they were like, oh, why are you saying this? Like, you know, it's not like that. You're just being paranoid. We all get banter, whatever. And like, you know, there was that That's friction. Bullying. Exactly. And I'm yeah. not, I'm not a victim like that to just take it. The, thing is, the funny thing is, it's funny in situations like that because they will call you soft. It's like, what's yeah. soft about standing up to yourself? Because I'm not willing to just take the, the grading and insults. Yeah. And I'm stand up. Oh, you're sensitive. Like, no, I just don't, I have a level of respect. Exactly. I have boundaries. Don't overstep them. Or, Period. Or like, or I might put hands on you. So, like, well, like. boy, James is really, really <laughs> showing. It's fine, James. One day we'll, we'll go boxing together. One day we'll get it all out there. Get it all out. But um, is, is this, is this a private now? I've just seen you've written a message. Is, I is, have. This some, is something to read, read in private? No, you can read it out. I can read it out. Yeah, of course. Okay, I'm gonna read it out. Because Sorry if the handwriting isn't great. No, it's but. fine. My handwriting's worse than this. It is bad though, but it's fine. I can read it. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. That's right. So it says, Alicia, thanks for having me on your podcast. You're so welcome. So welcome. It's been good speaking to you so far as well. Thanks. Um, I'm flattered to be joining a, a what? <laughs> uh, is it a my, myriad? A myriad. Myriad. See, this is me and my English not being very good mm. because <laughs> what is a myriad um, of black professionals and creatives you decided to host? Your work with BCC is invaluable and has already had profound impact on so many of us. You're so, that is so sweet. The sense of community and belonging that has derived from your platform has not only given people opportunity, but the confidence to capitalise where they may not have done before. You and BCC will always have love, have my love and support. Anyway, I hope you enjoy the read or at least appreciate the extra decoration on your bookshelf. Why am I getting emotional, please? <laughs> you people touched me. That was uh, so sweet. That was so sweet. Thank you oh, so glad, much. Glad you got the message. <laughs> oh, why am I getting emotional? <laughs> Thank you. That's so sweet of you. Thank you. It's only because, um, like, when when I started it, it wasn't. I guess I I, I didn't know like what impact it would have on people. So for you to kind of say this. Mm. And to give this to me, like, it really means a lot. So thank you so, so much. And I'm going to read it because you, you, you've uh, done it in a way that yeah. I can read it properly. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I look forward to your feedback. <laughs> <laughs> I will. Don't worry. And it will be added yeah. to my bookshelf. Some books I've read and some I haven't. <laughs> but it is what it is. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. Um, got emotional there. But definitely, everyone, check out the book, Teacher Black. Please do. James's experience in China. If, you want, if you're thinking of going, then just be ready to be in bare pictures. So, yes, yeah, that must have been difficult for you to come back to London and then not really have the same 
group of friends that you had when you left? To be honest, um, it was, I think it was harder when I was in China than when I came back. Cause when I came back, it was just more like, it was a relief. It was kind of like, I've, you know, trimmed the fat. It's like people showed mm. their true colors. Um, they've, and I've now the people, it was like a, like sieving through people. It was like, they, now I know who's really for mm. me. Like, yeah, it was, um, I think like when you, when you travel abroad, it really shows like who's there for you out of convenience or who really, really has your back. Those people made themselves apparent. I love that. I love that. I love the fact that you've managed to go through a life experience and you've come out, Mm. even though you've, you've lost some people, you've you've seen the positive side to it and said, these are my people that you've come back to. Exactly. Cool. So when you came back, you, you could go into like a bit of business development, recruitment. Yeah. Um, funny enough, the first job I got out, um, got back immediately into China was, um, IT sales job actually. Um, which I left prematurely because I was racially abused by my C, by my director. Yeah. So after straight after that, China, straight after, you come straight. back to London and then there's another yeah, racial yeah, abuse. Yeah. Yeah, what yeah, happened? Yeah. Um, um, what happened? Yeah. I remember literally the same day as well. Cause, um, I went through quite a strenuous like probation process. I passed and like the, the company culture wasn't very healthy. I think in those like a three month period, like 15 people joined and I was the last one standing. So, um, it wasn't a healthy culture, but I I got to a point where like the, the CEO literally like pulled me aside. It was like, no, you've got a bright future at this company. Like I see you going far here. Um, and I was like, yes, for like, I'd like made it. Like now I can just put my head down and really like climb the ranks, get my commissions and stuff. And then like that same day I was wearing a hat, which was black. And he was like, oh, can I wear it? And um, I let him wear it. And he was like, oh, do you want to hear a racist joke? And I was like, no, I would not. And then he, he said, said that out loud. He said that to do me. you want to hear a he racist said, joke? Do you want to hear a racist joke? And I said, no, I do not. And he was like, oh, um, you can see me when I wear this hat, but I can't see you when you wear it. What uh, on earth? Yeah. What is going on mm. in the 21st century? Yeah. These are the things that are said by CEOs. That's yeah. wild. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What um, did you say back? I just said, um, I wouldn't use that joke again if I were you. And he was like, oh, don't be, he said, oh, don't be so sensitive, whatever. And sensitive. Then, then, he, then he just started like talking to me about work, like giving me pointers. Oh, next time you do this, yeah, make sure you do this and you know, you'll be work. I was like, wow. And then, yeah. Um, I, I kind of like pushed it to the back of my brain because I was, funny enough, that same day I was seeing like my friend who I met, the other black, Anthony, the other black teacher in China. He came, he was in London. So I went to meet him straight after. So I was like, I'm not letting this ruin my mood. Like I'm going to go see him say like, you know, have a good time. First time seeing him for ages. And then after that, like when I'd like heading home, I was like, I can't work for this guy. Nah, you can't. Yeah, so I quit the day That's after. Me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good um, for you. Yeah. Because a lot of people would have, would have said, I need to make my money, so I'm going exactly. to turn a blind eye yeah, to yeah. it. But you said no, like, that's not yeah. okay. Especially as, like, he's he's the owner of the company, so, like, and I'm in sales, so every, like, everything I'm putting Doing myself through is for literally him. put directly into his pocket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, feels like a line manager, maybe. Yeah, you, can, like, talk to, you swap, can talk to HR, yeah. you can, yeah. Yeah, because I remember even like people were like trying to get me not to quit and saying like, listen, I can make sure he doesn't talk to you. I was like, no, but it's his business. I don't want to help build his business. Yeah, 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 exactly. So yeah, I, I had to leave. So. That's crazy. Yeah, then, um, yeah. That's crazy that you went through that. Sorry. Yeah, you and me, me both. Like, um, I don't know. There's not even, like usually I try and like put like a positive spin on things, but there's just no positive from that. It's just like, it really like mm. derailed me a little bit. Like my... Careers. That was like first job after China. Then I have to quit after like what three and a half months, and then I got to go back in the job market. It was it was a lot. So what was that experience like getting another job for you? Did you go into BD sales again? Yeah, yeah. it was more like 
yeah, more like yeah, telly sales those for um a company. They sold um like you know advertisement um boards like at football matches. You see, yeah, I was selling like advertisement spaces on those, and that's the thing, yeah. I did not like that job one bit. It was a bit of a, a bit of a boys' club. Like, yeah. didn't really like hammering phones like that. I feel like I know it's like telly sales is always a part of sales, but mm. it was like a majority of the role, and I just the culture wasn't amazing. Also, there was a few um, politically incorrect jokes I had to sit through again. Um, weren't at my expense, but either way, it's just still not nice to hear. Mm, mm, um, mm. But yeah, this time I actually wanted to quit, but um, as well. But I didn't want to quit because it's like. I still live with my parents and like right. I just quit the last job and I didn't want them to think I was just some, some yeah. yeah so I just stuck it mm. out and yeah then it lasted like a year and a bit there and um then I ended up um yeah just yeah um ended up yeah just not it just didn't really work out obviously I think it I it just showed that I wasn't really passionate about the company and for, for good reason I didn't really mm. fit in there and um so also i remember even while i was working there like the like non-white um workers there and there's also one black guy that left shortly after i joined they like pulled me aside and said like oh they're going to expect a bit more from you just because you're black like they, the standards that's gonna so be crazy that, exactly that, that said out loud. exactly and i was like before there was a time where i was like it, that would inspire me where i'd be like you know what? i'm going to show them what i can do with what no. I'm black. but then i was like i was like you know what why 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 do i have to jump through this extra hoop Especially because they be doing sometimes the bare minimum <clears throat> and be sailing through exactly. the ranks. Like, so no, yeah. we're not doing that. It's like, yes, yeah, it's, it's pressure enough as it is. Like, why is there extra layer? There's always this extra layer because I'm black and it just, I just don't want to have to deal with that. Okay, with, with all these experiences that, yeah. that you've had, because you've had a lot of um, race-related experiences. Yeah. What do you think as a community we can do to help? Because I guarantee you there's at least five people in Black Great Connect going through this right now. Yeah. Like, I'm pretty certain. Yeah. So what can we do as a community and also as individuals, what do you think that they can do to really um, push past those experiences in the best way? Um, I would just say, like, it will be tough, but just don't settle. Like, if you have to quit that job to find somewhere that will treat you how you deserve, then quit that job. Obviously, there's different situations where people have like family, like families, kids to feed and stuff where you can't just quit. But mm. don't sell. Like if, if you're in that situation, you're going to have to pull, pull something deep within yourself. If you're working a nine to five and you're in a job where they're treating you wrong because you're black, you're going to have to use that extra time you have. To mm. Look for more jobs or try and carve out an opportunity for yourself. Like you can't just settle for being treated like that because you don't deserve it. Um, there's somewhere out there where that will treat you better. And if that place doesn't exist, you got to create it yourself. We have exactly. to create ourselves. So exactly. we have to, like, no one's going to, no one's going to hand out this utopia to us. Like where we're in this situation, we have to take matters into our own hands in any way possible. And what can we do as a collective, as a community? As a collective, we just got, uh, we just got to pool our resources, like keep sharing opportunities, keep sharing jobs. Also the emotional support there is needed. Mm. Cause like, honestly, I wish, I wish like Black Creative Connect was there when I was going through what I was going through. Where I could just like vent, honestly. Like, I think it's great that's there. Like, cause um, I know how it feels to not have that support, mm. um, especially like in a professional setting. So um, mm. I think that's necessary. Also, um, like knowing your rights, like talking to the right people. Um, just just gotta keep keep pushing. Just mm. Keep pushing together. Thank you for that advice. That's that's really useful. And I think on top of that, I think people can. Join a tribunal if you mm. haven't already. Yeah. Unless you're rich and you can pay for a lawyer. But join a tri tribunal. 
Also, keep a record of everything that takes place. What's exactly. said by who, mm-hmm. when, what date. Have a log of all of these different things, mm-hmm. so that when you do have to either present it to HR tribunal or in court, whatever, you have the evidence there as well. And make sure you keep note of how it's impacted your work, because I think these things, from a DEI perspective, these things help when we're building a business case for further training or for the you know potential. Um, support for for particular types of individuals. If we don't have the evidence that mm. this actually affects performance and business growth yeah. as well, then that's also another thing. And your mental health. Keep, note, go, yeah. keep, keep note of those things. That Again, I mean, that ultimately affects yeah. performance in all areas. So keep note of that. And join a community like that Create Connect where you can kind of just vent and talk, get advice and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, but quickly like wrapping up on your journey where so you've recently as we mentioned we've kind of started backwards forwards backwards forwards because we started on where you are now at the beginning so you're just starting your job as a as a copywriter is there anything else that you're that you're looking to kind of do that you that you want the community to help you with um well i'll always be like doing freelance copywriting work as well so if anyone needs yeah aid with copywriting whether it's their website being rewritten whether it's email marketing, social media presence, uh, all of the above, anything to do with words and putting them together. If you need, you know, headlines, a slogan, like I'm pretty good with words. So I'm here to help. And words on the curb as well, by the way, I I didn't mean to say word on the curb as in word on the curb, but word on the streets, sorry, is that you're a rapper. I am indeed. Uh, My rap name (laughs) is actually uh, taller than life. Okay. Yeah. Do you have songs out? Yeah, so I'm on Spotify. Oh, so we can find you. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm about. I'm on YouTube as well. Oh. All, all streaming platforms, actually. Yeah. Oh, okay. And on Instagram, Twitter. Well, Twitter, I don't really use for music. It's, Twitter is a useless prom, um, platform for promotion nowadays. It's more just talking. Yeah. I just talk about football yeah. on, on Twitter. But yeah, Instagram. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm about. Taller than life. Yeah. How long have you been taller than life for? Um, Funny enough, I was taller than life before I started rapping. Um, I, I, It was my Twitter handle. Oh, okay. Um, so I remember... I wanted to change it to like a TV character on like a show. I can't remember which one, but then I saw someone else done it and I got mad. I was like, oh, he took my idea. And I was like, it wasn't even my idea in the first place. It's not even me. Like I want something original that, yeah. that represents me. And it's sort of like, you know, taller than life. It was quite like aspirational as well. Cause like, mm. you know, I want to, at the time I was like, I wanted to have like a larger than life presence. Mm, and you know, mm. I am tall. And it's also like kind of thing of um, being like taller than life as in like, you know, as you've heard from this podcast, life can be quite tough at times. Hundreds, and yeah. you have to, you know, rise above it and rise to the occasion, like thus becoming taller than life. I felt Period. like I wanted to embody that in like everything I do, not just my music. So yeah, I that, had that I was, like before I started rapping, mm. just as my Twitter handle. And then, yeah, I just became my, my rap name as well. Okay, wicked. Yeah. Do you know, drop a little freestyle, drop a little something. We've had we've had about two other people drop a little freestyle on the spot. I swear, I've got yeah. So so what, you're off under, the dome or just wherever you feel like. I'm not gonna know. I don't know your your bars. Um, you know what? Yeah, I've got a verse for you. Okay, um, go ahead. From a song called "Relax," which I haven't released yet. I think it like um embodies what we've been speaking about quite well. Okay. So I'm gonna go with that. All right. The thoughts of a problem child moves volatile, but he's living if he spit it, then it's honored like a solemn vow. Truth hurts, so I slit him with a new verse, a new hearse. If a spitter makes a move first, they can't they blaze the booth. I remain aloof, scratch my head, thinking how they're getting paid to do what I was made to do. So I thought, let me grab the pen and show them why they ain't the same as you. 
when your old friends can't keep the pace of you and outgrow lovers that you thought they were made for you. Yeah, the pain is true, but so is the progress. I was taught to know my worth, settle for no less. I had fog in my glasses, cleared the lens, see the plans now and hear the bars as he ascends. A black child showing his mastery again, so relax now into this artist and his pen, yeah. Yeah! flow to you i try okay taller than life yeah <laughs> done no signing off black crate connect um i'm gonna try this new thing now where um i it's not really a new thing i've asked people mm. unofficially um as like closing words yeah. to this podcast is there any closing words you'll say to anyone listening that needs a words of encouragement that oh, needs yeah. some support that is feeling a bit down anything you'd like to say um just remember your reason why and if you don't have that reason yet figure it out and then when you feel those times where you feel down or like discouraged or lack a bit of purpose just always come back to the reason why and then keep going that's what i'd say thank you i'm gonna remind myself of that every day because sometimes it gets hard it thank does you. indeed thank you so yeah. much for taking time out to oh, come pleasure. On today thanks for having me honestly no worries a great time i know it was a fun <laughs> time thank you for sharing your story and thank you for the book I'm going to read it guys and let you know how it goes but if you like this episode subscribe share it comment like and remember okay to tell everybody about the community so that we can get more opportunities shared and we can have more support but thank you I'll see you on the next podcast episode bye